Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. My man! Oh my god, dang it. <laughs> no! So, uh... No! Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and as always, I'm here with... Hank Owl. You're here with your daily dose of professional podcasting. (laughs) So what was the my man in reference to? That was the reference to Justice League. If you guys haven't heard of it, because I know only three people saw it. So (laughs) just, yeah, it was from that movie. And the my man is a double reference. One is Justice League, because that was what they made Jason Momoa say, like almost as a catchphrase (laughs) in Justice League for Aquaman. But then also it's uh, in Rick and Morty also. When... uh, uh, Jerry comes back and he's the he like it's, he's in a simulation, and there's like three stock characters and you know yeah the, one, was like, the one of them's the my man my guy man. my man uh at any rate so what's new in your world Hank Owl um we saw the Indigo Girls because I remember what I was gonna talk about. <laughs> We, uh, me and my mom saw the Indigo Girls. They came and performed at the school I go to. And why did they do that? To raise money for the library because someone sent them a letter. And but but why else did they do that? So your but, school your school is a middle school. But oh yeah, they al- they also when our school used to be a high school, and they attended that high school. That's right, and they also attended your um, elementary school. Oh yeah, they to. did. Indeed, indeed. They did. So y'all had a good time. Yes, yes, we did. Was it uh, packed? Yeah, it was pretty packed. Did you get to meet them? Yes, we took a photo with them, and they were in the room while I was eating grapes off the mini buffet. Outstanding. In the <laughs> VIP room. I'm sure it was a special moment for them to be able to eat, eat grapes with you. Following people from the staff, because those are the only people I knew. That's right. But uh, seriously, if you look, if you go to Indigo Girls' like Facebook page, there's footage from the event, and they actually... Like, you know, some uh, people from your school... The chorus. Right, joined in. Or choir. I don't really know what we call it. We call it a chorus or choir. Yeah, I'm not sure either. For probably chorus. Choir chorus. feels churchy. Chorus, chorus feels choir. like a school kind of thing. Um, yeah, they joined in for like on Kid Fears. That are you on fire? Are you on fire? Like joined in, and they also joined in on the Closer to Fine, right? So that was yeah. pretty cool. So check those out uh, if you're interested. <laughs> if you're an Indigo Girls fan, we are in our household, big time. Oh, can I can I bring something up about the Indigo Girls? You know their song Galileo. Yeah. Like calling on the soul of Galileo, talking about reincarnation. It really sounds like the song should be calling on the soul of like Buddha, because it sounds like they're talking about like Buddhism. Well, yeah, there's certainly elements of that, and they're and they're talking about calling on the resting soul of Galileo. So, it, as in, Galileo's soul has made it to, you know, the like it's complete, like the Buddha's was, and like the you know, he had reached enlightenment. So, I think there are certainly elements of Buddhism in that. Yeah, that's cool. You cool. You noticed that. Uh, what are we talking about today? Oh, wait. What's new in my world? <laughs> I'm the one for God this time. So what's new in my world is I went to Seattle, Washington uh, without my son or wife. That's, that's two weekends in a row he went on vacations without us. That's true. Well, well your mom went to the uh, to the wedding that we went to. Um, but yes, without you. 
and was, which is sad because you should have been there. It would have been great to have you there because I was visiting, you know, my dad's side of the family, who we don't know that well compared to uh, my mom's side. And, you know, you're at the bid, this is your family. But unfortunately, we couldn't make it work. But I went out there to see our cousin, Diana. She produces a show and dances in a show called uh, The Butt Rock Sweets is what it started off as. And then it's, uh, this was The Butt Cracker. And The Butt Rock and Butt Cracker refers to like that brand of late 70s, 80s hair metal bands uh, playing these awesome anthems and songs. And what I mean, they have awesome. Done, that's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, there I, I don't listen to it like in the car, but as a part of this program, like it, it made you appreciate these songs and really, really dig them uh, much more than I would normally. But so she's a dancer by training and a choreographer by training and a producer by figuring it on out herself. I think she's been doing it for you know a while now. This one, even this one particular show. And it was great. It was incredible. It was fun. The audience was rowdy. The music was amazing. The dancing was amazing. Some of it was um, like almost like story form, like a skit kind of thing. And I use the word skit like in a complimentary good way. And others was just, not just, but constant less on narrative and more on just the dance. Um, it was awesome. It was, it was so good. I was so proud of her. So glad I made the effort. It was a long weekend, obviously, going traveling that far for a weekend. But it was... It was pretty darn great, and uh, if you're listening to this, Diana, very, very proud and impressed and, and thoroughly. Yeah, I know it's exhausting to do, and I know you're thinking about hanging it up for this one, but uh, I'd go out and see it again if you decide <laughs> to do it. Uh, Diana, if you are listening to this, ignore this joke. Um, you you cared about it so much that you decided to talk about it three weeks after you went to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, uh, the trip out west did not help my procrastination, uh, poor habits at all. No. All right, so that's what's new in my world. We know what's new in your world. And what are we talking about today, Hank Owl? We're talking about the man of the waters, the Aquaman, the, Aqu- the awkward slow motion, and the bad dialogue. All right, so how did you, so why don't you just go right in? How'd you feel about it, Hank? <laughs> um, it was decent actually it wasn't a terrible movie like hit that perfect annoying little sweet spot where it's not bad enough to be like that's terrible and like every sensible person thinks that terrible or that's good everywhere sensible person thinks it's good it's just meh yeah i think it was better than meh but not much i uh, um they did not have him say my man by the way he does not i don't i don't think i heard that the entire thing i feel like his character was a little less broy. You know, the less high fivey, um, but I love. We got the origin story from him, uh, which I dug, and I like it. You know, that's that's it is my favorite part of every superhero movie, and it was this one as well. Um, what did you think? It, I mean, it was a long movie; it was two and a half hours, which I, is fine. You know, I, there's nothing wrong with a movie being long necessarily, if it's good enough to support that. Did you think this was? Did it did it support the two and a half hours? <laughs> no. I think I think Black Manta was a little bit of filler. Which By the I way, don't spoilers always again. Spoilers. I forgot to get spoilers alerts, but there's lots of spoilers here. Yeah, it feels like the Black Manta storyline is kind of like a filler, and they didn't really need that. I feel like they just didn't want to have more Atlantean soldiers fight for the second act, kind of the climax of the second act. 
So they needed Black Manta for that and also for the end credits scene. But just put him in the sequel. We don't need... That was 45 minutes added that we did not need. Yeah, movie. Black Manta is, is historically... Is that Aquaman's like arch main arch nemesis? Yeah, and so I felt... Even though they kind of started the storyline with that, um, it did feel like that was... That's the story. There's three main storylines. It felt like, and that's the one I would have taken out that they didn't really need. Yeah, save them for the sequel. What was the story? What's, what was the what would you call the main storyline in this? What's going on in the world, and what is Atlantis? Uh, Atlantis is that it, what we learned is it was originally up in the air since there was some experimenting done with like Adalan. What was his name? The <laughs> original remember. king of Atlantis's trident. Was it in the air or was it just on the ground? It's actually in the air. I missed that. If it was, it was on the ground. Oh, okay, but not not under the sea is your point. Not under the sea. <laughs> okay, is I my gotcha. point. Uh, but it's basically uh, Mara and Arthur going on the quest to find the the original king's trident to help reconnect this like broken up kingdom of Atlantis and stop the war against the humans that King Orm is leading. Yeah. So I, King Orm of the fish helmets. I was confused. So when we say is Atlantis So okay, so during the film you meet these like five underwater kingdoms. Maybe five is not the right number, but a, a number of underwater kingdoms. Is Atlantis, if I say Atlantis, is that just one of the kingdoms? I think so. Or is that an umbrella over all the kingdoms? I'm, I think it's just I one. I don't know. I think it's just one kingdom. Uh, yeah, okay. Part of the storyline is like the king of Atlantis trying to persuade the other kingdoms, other underwater kingdoms to rage, wait, rage, wage war with him <laughs> on everybody who's, I guess, not underwater. <laughs> on all them <laughs> earthlings. And they make a pretty good point. You know, like, look how they've treated our, our water home. And there's great footage of just all the nastiness of human excess and waste. You, you know what I say, waters. though? What? Hurricanes and tsunamis. Look what you've done to our home. Well, they didn't plan those, but they do actually unleash uh, tsunamis. And they attack. That's their first round of attacks, right? Yes. So you see that that what could happen if they did decide to 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 wage war. So basically, you have Aquaman, and who is Aquaman? I am Aquaman. Is he an Atlantean? Is uh, he, he is an a Earthling? Like what? half Earthling, half Atlantean. Right. So he has the magic powers of Atlantis, and also Earthness concerns. Yeah. Yeah, Earth concerns. Right. So he's kind of caught in between both worlds, doesn't belong to either. They, they call him half-breed a lot, which is, <laughs> you know, something, you know, little, you know, triggering to a lot of people probably. And certainly reminds me of uh, the Muggles, you know, or oh, like, yeah. you know, Hermione kind of stuck in both worlds, right? Um, what did you think of the visual effects? Obviously, a lot of this takes place underwater. Um. The visual effects were the best part of this movie. Yeah? I feel like they were good. They were on set. It kind of felt like Wakanda going through Atlantis, except mm. for Wakanda was so much better. <laughs> Why was Wakanda better? Because uh, you get, I don't know, there's a certain feel you get from Wakanda that you don't get from Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I couldn't really put my finger on exactly why it didn't 
100% feel awesome, but it, but it really didn't. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, look at that CGI. Look at that Wakandaness. Oh, it's Atlantis. It's Atlantis. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mean, overall, the visual effects are pretty pretty great, but I just didn't, be- again, I wasn't in the world. I didn't believe it the whole time. We kept having these larger and larger sea creatures and some <laughs> mythical oh, yeah. sea creatures just, and at some point it's like, come on, man, that, that's too big. It's like, what are they going to do against that thing? Um, there was, there was a ton, yeah, there's a, now they even try to encapsulate this movie. There's just way too much of this movie. Uh, yeah. And there, I think, wait, I don't think we've gotten to the dialogue yet. I feel like we need a good bit on the dialogue in this movie. Now, see, the dialogue didn't bother me. Well, the dialogue bothered me. Really? Um, I mean, the just dialogue. too much exposition or stilted just, or what? But let me let me show you an example. Okay, you know when they're on the underwater area because that's specific. <laughs> okay, they're underwater. <laughs> you know when they're under like the Atlantean like stadium and King Orm and Aquaman are about to fight. That yes. first little fight and that first act climax. That's right. He's challenging him for head of to be king of of Atlantis. Uh, yes. Remember when King Orm just out of the blue brought off some big sea creature that would bring up later? Didn't tie it into the conversation at all. Just said, hey, big sea creature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they went up and fought. Yeah, I do not, Honestly, that did not you stand see, out was, for me at the time. And, then, and uh, I remember Mara and Arthur <laughs> are talking. Arthur is Aquaman. Arthur is Aquaman. And <laughs> Arthur's like, I don't remember what he was talking about. But, uh, well, they were remember? talking about why he didn't. It, it was it was the pep talk speech. It was the mentor talking to the hero speech, uh, and she was saying, "Yeah, they're talking about like why he doesn't feel like he's king or can be king." Is that right? Yeah, and he was like, "I don't know. I just blame myself for so much stuff." And then Mara's response was. I know you don't think you can be king because you rubbed two worlds. What? No, that's not what I said. <laughs> that was honestly that's actually that was, not what I said. That was really, really bad. Fake news, taking my stuff out of context. Yeah, it was. It was basically like if you asked me, like you know, <laughs> like if we're gonna have, <laughs> like why can't we have Mexican for dinner? <laughs> you know, and I'd have been like, well, with the car's broken, the restaurant's <laughs> closed down, and you know another reason, and you'd have been like. <laughs> Well, why is you mean you're allergic to beans? Is that why we can't go? Like, <laughs> it was so like he said A B C, and she's like, I know you think G. Uh, it was really bad. <laughs> that part was like when I was studying acting, uh, we studied a lot of um, oh my gosh, Arthur Miller. Uh, and one of the things my acting teachers would say about Arthur Miller is that he writes perfect cause and effect dialogue, which means. Like, my next line refers to your line, and it comes and stems from exactly what you've said or done. And it's really nice. Like, not everybody does that. And it doesn't have to be like that in playwriting, but it's it's good for a young actor to study that and work on that. And in this, this was exactly the opposite of that. It was, came out of nowhere. And I just don't know how him as an actor, how he reacted to that. Because as an actor in a truthful moment, you'd have to have been like, oh, so you're not listening to me at all. <laughs> that would, that would go, what would oh, have to do? So you're not paying attention. But his line of dialogue didn't say that, so I don't know how he felt on that. That's a tough moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just not the greatest movie. I mean, I, 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 it was better than I thought it was going to be. I went in pretty low, expectation-wise. But Aquaman was one of my favorites growing up. I don't know why. Away, fishes! 
know because he's and he puts on the original suit in this movie too. He does, and it looks, but it looks good. It uh, does. I guess. I was just waiting for him to get in a chariot and have fishes drive him all everywhere. Right, the cartoons. So yeah, I grew up on Super Friends, and I liked him a lot. And I don't know why, because I think I like weird things sometimes. Enoch Tuck. Like, I don't think anybody else, Aquaman is their favorite. And he was, no, he was no. basically Aquaman my favorite. Aquaman is nobody's favorite. Yeah, well, he was mine. No one loves Aquaman. No. Uh, so what should we rate? Like how the much should we use to rate this movie? How about a trident? Tridents are important. He had to go get the fancy trident. Yeah, tridents. I feel like tridents or big fish monsters. Oh, you know what? Uh, let me backtrack two seconds. So this movie felt a little bit like... You know, if you have like an adventure movie or Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, type adventure movie or the National Treasure, like they, you know, they come up, they come up against an obstacle, they're given clues, they figure it out, they solve it. That thing they solve and win is then gives them clues about the next thing they have to go do. That's what this movie was. They did that. Like you had to go. We have to do this, and now we have to do this, and now we have to do that. But I didn't feel like the whole progression overall. Like it didn't. The whole you know gestalt of the thing didn't really register. It felt just like many little adventures without this big, overarching um, goal. And I don't know why I lost track of that in the movie, but I did, and I think that made it less cohesive and made it less enjoyable. I feel like Aquaman was kind of like a connect the dots, but like this little kid wanted to draw. And he didn't have paper, so he just used the connect dot sheets that he already had. So it's just a, like a connect the dot sheet with a bunch of scribbles on it. Oh, I like that. It's a good analogy. Yeah, that's that is how it felt. Uh, all right, so you do you want to use enormous sea creatures or tridents? Nor- tridents. Tridents make more sense. Tridents makes much more sense. So out of how, out of five, five being the best movie ever, zero being a movie so bad we'd have walked out. How many tridents do you give it? I don't think I've ever given a movie lower than a three. I'm going to give it a two and <laughs> 14 sixteenths. Two and 14 sixteenths tridents. I feel like so I, this is it the worst movie des- you saw all year that we've rated. Oh, I guess it is. I don't I think it was that I think bad, it's the worst though, movie we've talked about, though. I feel like... I feel like I can go back in my memory and we can find some real... I didn't see much movies this year, though. Well, yeah, that, that may be true. We need to work on that this year, next year. Dark Tower. No, Dark Tower was 2017. What am I talking about? But you like the Dark, the dark Tower. What is the Dark Tower? The Dark Tower was the movie we saw after the first day of fifth grade in our when we go see movies then. Oh, this is the old... This is the Jim Henson movie. Yes. No. No, that's the Dark Crystal. What's the Dark Tower? I'm talking about the one that's like a Stephen King adaptation. Oh, yeah, that was a bad movie. (laughs) That was... The Dark Tower was worse than this, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it was. Er, Maybe because Aquaman's fresh in my mind, and I'm still yelling at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not the best movie. And laughing at Orm's fish helmet, (laughs) fighting... Mr. Spandex Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so 2 and 14 16th, which reduces to what, Hank? Math. Yes. Reduces to me having to do math. Yes, yeah, so what is it? Put it on the spot. A 2 and 14 16 7 eighths. Nice, good job. All right, so I would give it, I'm going to give it three. Three tridents. 
three is my standard. Like, yeah, it was all right movie. And it was all right. It was, you know, what I expected and maybe a little bit better. But, you know, I still don't know why DC movies generally are not as good as the Marvel movies. Yeah, I feel like we... It's multiple people involved. It's not always the same folks. So why are they always Yeah, why are they always... Why is it always... What does Marvel have that's better than DC? Yeah, what are they doing right? Because they both have the same type of characters. Like, it's not... It's not just the characters, right? I mean, there was almost an equivalent to each one, you know, just about. You no, know, my mom was talking about your wife, because you don't know her. Um, <laughs> he's talking about, like, is what Marvel has better than DC just the characters? Like, you think maybe that is it. If you think we took the DC people to make Marvel movies... And the Marvel people to make DC movies, they would the Marvel people still do better? Um, that's that's the great question. I don't know. I, I think they would. And when you say Marvel people, you're talking about like the executives running the studio, or you're talking about like the directors? And I'm talking about the directors. Uh, if like a Batman movie was directed by the people that directed Civil War, gotcha. Or I can't remember their names. Yeah, those brothers. Are they yeah, brothers? Those, they yeah, they're brothers. I think they're brothers. Yeah, they're good. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's like so John Favreau directed Man of Steel. Yeah, surely it would have been better, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what are you reading these days, man? Uh, I was reading The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride, one of the best movies and books. To your ever. disappointment, I kind of left it to read another book. We have another podcast to record that day, so I'll leave it for a cliffhanger on what book I decided to read. Oh, I love it! Good cliffhanger. Waha. That's the definition of suspense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hank Al. Uh, Did you hear that joke fun. about suspense? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, really? Yeah, let me tell it to you. Next episode. Oh, I was setting up my <laughs> joke. You were going to say no, and I was going to say, okay, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of jumped it. We'd already, really basically, already told that joke. No, we haven't. All right, do it again. Wait, no. <laughs> I don't want to do that now. Do it. Oh, you ruined it. All right. Anything else to say about Aquaman other than uh, I you still know, don't know what you're depil- reading. Depil- oh yeah, what am I reading? <laughs> well, I'm forgetting this you're Walking for- with Nietzsche book. This uh, kind of research for this other project I'm working on. Uh, I need to get like into just a fun, good book, and I bought a couple of them recently. And even my aunt gave me one, so I have, I have plenty to read. I just need to. I need to do it. I have not been taking time for pleasure reading, and uh, I need to need to get back to that. Because what does a writer do, Hank? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I feel like a writer. And he um, reads a lot and writes a lot. Hopefully, ah, he reads a lot and he writes a lot. So and if I'm going to claim to be a writer, I need according to, to that, this book, he runs and he hikes. And <laughs> that's something else. But anyways, oh wait, really? <laughs> I think so. It's I don't not know. the We're same guys. The running with. <laughs> No, oh, I did buy that. I didn't. Oh, maybe I could read that. It's another nonfiction with that. You I, see, no, professional, professional podcasting. Be quiet. quiet. We're done. <laughs> shut up. Anything else to say about Aquaman? I did not say shut up, and we don't say <laughs> shut up, do we? Okay, no. That's kind of what you're saying. That's all I want to say right now. It'll be a joke. All right, let's go. Let's end this. Okay, yeah. Anything else to say? Um, no. <laughs> all right. Thank you for listening and putting up with this podcast. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Wait. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Cerzier and Antoine Hurrah. 
The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.